Good morning and welcome to the Gathering Church. It's so good to have you guys with us here today and happy summer to you. It's 4th of July week. I know uh, you guys are ready for some barbecues this week. That's what the forefathers would have wanted. They would have wanted you to fire up those grills and throw some brats or some burgers on there, man. It's a great, this is one of my favorite times of year. Today is the first day of July. July is hands down my favorite month in the entire year. My birthday's in July, and so the entire month is all about me. And so um, I love it. I'm excited about it, man. I tell you what. And, and you know what? I'm excited about today, this Sunday, because a miracle has already taken place here this Sunday. If you guys know me, I'm the most clumsy person you'll ever meet. And I just carried this table out here with all these glasses full of stuff on it and didn't spill a single one. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? We're going to have a good day. Yeah, you can give me a hand for that. <laughs> We're going to have a good day here today. Well, hey, we are in our, our third week of our series, Something's Brewing. And man, we, we have just been having a blast in this series. We've got a few things that, that we want to work with you in here at The Gathering Church. In fact, we believe that all of us are on a spiritual pathway moving in one direction. And we've, we've clarified that pathway. We've searched Scripture and found found the, the, the um, spiritual path that we believe God wants us to walk down, and our goal, our desire is just to join you on that pathway, and it's very simple. We just want to lead you to know God, to find freedom, to discover your purpose, and to make a difference. And one of my very favorite things to talk about is that third step in the process, to discover your purpose. You know, we, we just really believe that every single person is created with such great potential, that no matter who you are, that you, you weren't born, that, that the things that make you who you are aren't there by accident, but that you were crafted and created by an artist who put the gifts that you have in you, the passions, the things that you love doing, the things that you're good at, they are all there to lead you towards your purpose. We believe your design reveals your destiny. And so we just love being a part of people discovering their purpose and coming alive by making a difference in that purpose. And so this series is one of our favorite moments during the year. We usually do something like it every summer, and it's just part of our rhythm, and it's our moment to talk about the potential that we have inside of us that points us towards that purpose. Potential is, is an unbelievable commodity unique to humankind. You know, we believe that, that potential is one of the single greatest unused commodities in the world today. That so many of us, born with such great potential, never fully see it realized, never fully see ourselves living out the purpose that we were given because we don't lean into the process that God's given us to work our way towards what we were made to do. And so in this series, we just want to take a moment to study that process and learn what it looks like and what it takes for us to get from where we start to where God wants us to finish. And we've been learning that by looking at the beer making process. Now, Asheville is beer city. And just a couple weeks ago was beer week here in Asheville. And so we, we just want to get in on all the action. We want to be a part of that by studying this beer-making process and seeing what biblical truths we can pull out of it. So if you missed the last couple of weeks, it's a little bit like you're coming in in the middle of a TV show. Now, I know many of us don't know what that's like anymore because of Netflix. We can always just start over 
at episode one. But if you're coming in at the middle of the TV show, they like to give you a recap to help you catch up. And so if you want to get caught up in, in what we've been teaching, you can go to our website and at gatherashville.org slash videos, you can find the last two messages and, and get all caught up um, on this series. I'd recommend you do that. And so uh, what we've been talking about is the passion, the ability, the strengths, and the gifts that we have, which point us towards our purpose. Similarly, in these four ingredients, the brewer has the ability to look at the water, the barley, the, the hops, and the yeast, and see the potential that lies within each of them. You know, I don't I don't have the ability to look at these four ingredients and understand the intricacies of the potential that lies within them. If it were me, I would just mix all of these together probably in the water and make some kind of a gross tea and then just try to drink it. I don't know. I don't understand how to, how to pull all the intricacies of the flavors out of each of these. They, they, they've got the hops. They say that each strain of hops leads to a far different type of beer. I went on a tour one time at the Sierra Nevada brewery down there in Mills River, and they take you in this room where they've got all these different vats of hops, and there's just all different kinds that, that are, you know, they, they say, hey, smell these ones, and you'll smell like palm trees, and you can smell these ones, and you can smell an orange. This one smells like shoe leather, and we do all of these, these hops, and it makes, and I just smell them all, and I'm like, yeah, this, these all smell like the exact same thing to me. I don't get it, but the brewer knows. They, they know the difference. They know how to pull the potential out of each of these four ingredients to create something unique and something special based on what is in these ingredients. And in the same way, our maker looks at us and sees the incredible, huge potential that's inside of us, each unique, each, each one a little bit different. And he knows that the process in which we are developed will highly influence the outcome of who we become, and really the purpose that we're meant to live. And so let's look at the, at the brewing process today. Last week we talked about the milling process and the idea that in order for the brew to begin, the grains have first got to be crushed. And we talked about how in reaching our own potential, we go through this same milling process that God strips away the things holding us back through the difficult seasons of life we pass through in order that we might become more for His glory. And we've been looking at this life of this young man named Joseph. And Joseph was 17 years old when we meet him, the second youngest of 12 boys and his father's favorite. But his brothers, envious of that favoritism, throw Joseph in a well and then sell him into slavery. And his future is just crushed right before his very eyes. And today... Um, we'll be continuing that story right where we left off. And so if you've got your Bibles, look with me at Genesis chapter 39, uh, verses 1 and 2. Let's look at Joseph. It says, Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. And Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. But the Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. So today I want to talk about developing our potential. Today's message in Something's Brewing is titled, Something's in the Works. I believe for us this morning, something's in the works. That God's got a plan for us, that he's got a dream for us, but it's not quite there yet. It's in the works, and he wants to develop it in us today. So let's look at this brewing process. Once you've milled the barley, 
and the barley's been properly crushed, it's time to start developing the beer. So the next step in the process is to create the mash. And the mash is really the core of the beer making process. Once the grain's been milled, it's added to a large vessel called the mash tun and mixed with hot water in order to form the mash. And that's when the magic starts to happen. The heat from the water activates enzymes within the barley. These enzymes then begin to convert the starches in the grains into sugars. It's science. The amount of time you do this for and the amount of heat used is going to greatly determine the type of beer you are creating. The amount of time you do it for and the amount of heat you use is going to greatly vary and greatly determine the outcome of the brew you are creating. Every subtle thing done in this phase has great ramifications in the finished product. Now, once you have the mash, you go through a process called lottering that leads to the creation of what's known as the sweet wort, which is essentially unfermented beer. The lottering is when we take the mash, which has a texture like oatmeal, but not very delicious, um, which, which I guess makes it also taste like oatmeal, and we strain it and let those husks we milled act as a filter to remove all the solids from the brew. In the lottering process, we filter through and pull away all the pieces that remain from before in order to leave us only with what we need for the finished product, which we call the wort. That's this right here, this delicious-looking concoction with some stuff at the bottom. This is the wort. The wort then goes through a boiling process, which is the point where we would add hops and continue to make adjustments specific to the outcome because the process determines the outcome. Now, in this phase of the brew, everything we do is so important. Every nuance, every little piece added is an important part of the outcome and de determines whether or not we make something great or whether or not it's something that never quite reaches its full potential. And I just wonder today how many of us are in the mashing and the lottering process. I wonder what's happening in your life right now which is developing you for what's to come. I wonder what you're going through in this season, where you find yourself in this season, and how it is preparing you for your purpose. What God's got planned for us is bigger than anything we've ever asked or imagined. His dreams for us are bigger than our dreams. His dreams are better than our dreams. Your dream is just the way that you picture your life. What you see, what you want. But God's purpose for your life, God's dreams for you, are in you from the moment you're created. They're a part of who you are. They're a part of the way that He made you. And every part of you is a pointer to His purpose. And your purpose will glorify God and serve others. And in doing so, it will bring you greater satisfaction and greater joy and greater peace than anything you could ever imagine on your own. That's where God is taking you. This is the promise of purpose. And we love the promise of purpose. This idea that God is going to use us to do something that will reach outside of ourselves and will make this huge difference. And we get so excited about the promise that we forget about the process. Because what I'm learning is that we never get to the promises of God without following the processes of God. And it's often overlooked. 
the developing process, the, the time that we have to go through to get to where God wants us to be is often the most underrated and overlooked period of our lives, the development. We downplay its importance, I think, for a few different reasons. First one is this. We want our dreams today. We want our dreams today. We want the next thing. We want the big thing. We want the glamorous thing. And we want it now. We're a culture of instant gratification. We believe in microwaves, not crockpots. They've even got a crockpot that works fast now. It's called an instant pot. Google is available 24-7 to solve life's mysteries. You know what? Google's about 11 years old, and it's, it's, and it's been 11 years since I've won an argument. Because, you know, before Google, you just had to stand on your argument with conviction, and eventually you could win people over to your side. But now with Google, I'm getting fact-checked left and right like I'm on a news channel. I can't say anything without somebody pulling up their phone to double-check on me. And I'm like, just, just believe me. Even if I'm wrong, just believe me. Come on, what are we... What's the problem here? Google has taught us that we could always have the information we want right at the edge of our fingertips. The idea of waiting for anything is becoming crazier and crazier in our current culture. And we know that we've got this potential inside of us. We feel like we're made for more. Maybe inside of you, you've always felt like you were meant for something. You've got this longing, this this desire inside of you to do more. I actually was listening, and this is not my character or, or what I do, but I was listening to a 60 Minutes with um, Tom Brady. And this is hilarious because I don't care about sports. Uh, but, but, I, but I was listening to this thing about Tom Brady on a podcast this past week. And I heard Tom Brady, was, he was answering questions about all the championships he's won and all the hard work. I was listening to it because he was talking about the process and the hard work that he does to get there. And he was talking about all this work that he does to get ready for the championship season is what he calls it. He's always getting ready for the championship season. Except he's talking about the different rings that he's won. He's got, he's got one on every finger on one hand, you know. Almost got that <laughs> second hand, but they lost. There was like a Super Bowl. Anyways, the point is, Tom Brady is talking about all the achievements he's gotten in life. He's got millions of dollars. He's got fame, recognition. He's a part of one of the most successful franchises in the history of football, and they're asking him questions about it, and he drifts off for a minute, and he's not thinking about what he's saying anymore, you know, and, and he's quiet, and then he just kind of, just kind of pensively says, but I just have to think that there's something more, but I just have to think that there's something more for that. I keep working hard because I don't feel like where I'm at, I've got there yet, and I just think maybe some of us haven't accomplished quite as much as Tom Brady but we just think that there's this place that we're going to get to where there's going to be more. And we just think that there's this place that we're moving towards that, that's not where we're at right now. We have this sense of longing inside of us to do something more in our creation. And I believe that's because God created you with an assignment and with a purpose. And it's going to do more than build your kingdom and build your fortune. It's going to glorify God and honor Him. And as we work in the process and we start to feel like we're meant for more, we get impatient about it. Because the culture that we're living in tells us that you can have whatever you want right now. Technology is always moving in the direction right now to remove the waiting season. But the waiting season is not a wasted season. We need this period of time that we can develop who God has created us to be. It's not like instant gratification and, and this quick moving thing isn't this way with the things of God. 
Because the things of God, like anything that's really good in life, things that bring peace and satisfaction, require a process. And we want the things of God, the promises of God, to come as quickly and as easily as everything else in this life. But it doesn't work that way. If you want the promise, you can't resist the process. Second reason is this. We want our dreams to happen our way. We want the dreams that we dreamed up, and we want the path that we planned. Proverbs says that in his heart a man makes his plans, but the Lord directs his path. You see, we have these dreams. And sometimes those dreams come from God, and sometimes they come from us. But we hold on to both just as tightly. And even more than than the dream itself, we hold on to the path that we've planned to get to the dream. I'm a routine person. This is who I am. I, I, I like to brush my teeth at the exact same time every single day. And if my wife comes in to use the bathroom, we got one sink in there. I'm, I'm, I'm learning that, that a house that has the master bathroom with two sinks can really rescue a marriage, you know. We're, we're not there yet, but, you know, there's counseling for people like us with only one. And she comes in there and uses the sink at the exact moment when I had planned to brush my teeth. And I get all bent out of shape about it. I can't focus. I, my, whole, my whole morning is off kilter. I'm mad for the rest of the morning. And we get this way. We have our dreams in front of us and the path that we want to take to get there. And we can't really adjust if things aren't going the way that we're going. But this is what happens. Life throws you a curveball. And you find yourself moving in a far different direction than you expected to. And it frustrates us. Joseph was called to be a leader. That was the dream God gave him. God spoke to him in a dream and said, you're going to influence people. You're going to lead people. You're going to have a position of prominence. But the path that he's on right now is not the one that he expected. It's still leading him towards his dream, which he can't see right now. He can't even probably understand right now. But it's not the way that he saw that dream. And when we find ourselves in a situation like that, we get frustrated and we want to give up. But we have to learn to trust the process. And the third reason that we get so frustrated with the development is that we want it to be easy. We want it easy. It's just kind of how we're wired. We would rather go with the flow than fight the current. And we want our dreams to come easy. This is a result right now, even worse, because of our convenience culture. We see 25-year-olds selling apps and making millions of dollars. We see people with YouTube or Instagram accounts getting paid to do things they enjoy doing, do their hobbies. And we only see what they show us, and so we think that it's so easy and that life should be that easy for us, except that that's not usually how it works. If you want something good, you're going to have to earn it. It's even true for most of these people we think are instant successes. Those 25-year-olds who made all those millions selling that app, what we don't know is that they sacrificed their entire youth while we were out playing with our friends and and doing normal things. They were learning how to write code when they were 12 years old. You see, things that are good require sacrifice and hard work. And we don't like that in our culture anymore. Nine years ago, I I, I knew that I was going to start a church. I guess it's been 10 years ago now. I'm getting older every year. It's ridiculous. And I knew that I was called to start a church. I, I had no doubt in my mind that that's what we were supposed to do. When my wife and I were engaged and we were planning like what our future looked like, we, we were talking about how God was going to use us to start a church one day. 
And I got all excited about it. I was excited about the potential and the possibility of being in ministry. I wanted to be leading people, influencing people. I wanted, I mean, I just wanted to lead people to discover their purpose. It was in me. Except that at the time, I had three years left on my contract in the United States Coast Guard. And listen, the Coast Guard isn't just a job you can turn in a two weeks notice on. It's the military. They've got you. You could say, listen, I've got a calling to go do something else. And they're going to say, that's an excellent thing to hear. Now, here's your calling to go clean the toilet, you know? And you're like, yes, sir. You know, and you just go and you do it. And that's that. And it was so frustrating. It made me so angry. I got so mad and, and dissatisfied in the place that I was in. I became, I became so frustrated every day when I would have to get up and go to work. I just wanted out. I wanted to be working at a church. But what I came to realize is that I wasn't ready yet. And what I didn't realize in the beginning was that that very position, that job in the Coast Guard, was getting me ready for where I am now. See, I had to learn a lot in the Coast Guard about leadership and character and integrity. All things that when I started there, I was very weak in, and they're crucial in the position that I am in now. You see, the work, it doesn't look like beer. It doesn't taste like beer. It certainly doesn't smell like beer. If I opened that up, you would be assaulted right now. <laughs> but if it goes through the right process, it will become beer. But not without the process. Last week, we were talking about this young man, Joseph. And 4,000 years ago, this 17-year-old boy, he just knew he was destined for more. Knew he was capable of more. But for Joseph, the time wasn't right yet. And he tried to tell people of his great potential, but in his unready presentation, all he gained from them was resentment. And so his brothers beat him up and sold him into slavery, the same thing any of your siblings would have done. And I'm certain that on that day, he did not understand how that was going to help him get to his potential. That day when everything changed for him. Life can happen like that, can it? One day can completely shift the entire direction of your life. One moment, one decision, one outside influence can change all the dreams you ever had for yourself. That's what happened to Joseph. It feels like it's hard to connect with this guy because he was living in such a different world than the one we live in now, but people have always been the same. They've always thought the same and, and, and processed things the same and hurt the same and hoped the same. And Joseph had so many hopes for his life. And when he woke up that morning, they were alive. And his life was moving in the path that he expected it to. And his dreams were right where he wanted them to be. But by the end of that day, he was being led into the desert, hands bound by people he'd never met before, to be sold into slavery. And in one day, his life shifted so much. And I'm sure that as he was walking into that, I'm sure that as he was purchased, like slaves are purchased, people standing up like commodities and being bought. I'm certain that when Potiphar purchased him and brought him into his house, and Joseph's now in a house where he does not speak the language, he's got to learn it. He's got to, I'm sure that in that moment he could not see how he was being developed for his purpose or for his potential, but God could see the whole picture. And so let's look at Joseph's story. I, and, uh, and let's see what we can learn from it this morning. Join me again in verse 1 of chapter 39. It says, Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, 
the captain of the guard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who'd taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. Now, I wonder if in those early months, if you would have said to Joseph, do you feel like you're prospering? He would have said yes. I don't think so. I think he would have felt like a slave. But even when we can't see it, and sometimes even when we can't feel it, the Lord is with us. And his hand can be on us. And when we're faithful to him, even when it doesn't feel like we should be, he can still lead us to prosper in the place that we're in. Verse 3, when his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything that he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted to his care everything that he owned. We often complain to God that he puts us in a terrible or in a difficult place when we feel like we're not in the place we should be. But Joseph didn't do that. Now, I'm sure he had some thoughts of complaint and frustration and anger, but we don't see a word of it. What we can see is that Joseph kept his head up and that he decided that whatever his circumstances were, he was going to give it his best, that he was going to try his hardest and that he was going to honor God in it. And God blessed him and made him successful as a result. God's will is that we trust him to bless us and make us successful the way he measures success everywhere that we are. Let's remember, Joseph's in another country here. All the remnants of his religion, he left behind him. He's not in the place where anybody worships his God. The God of Abraham, the the God who, who gave his name to Moses later as Yahweh, the one God, the God who is, was not known, acknowledged, or worshiped in Egypt. And that's where Joseph is. And he may feel like God's abandoned him, but yet there he is in Egypt, still honoring God, still saying, I'm going to worship my father. I'm going to give him everything I've got. I'm going to be in this place and I'm going to do my very best no matter what. Verse 5. And from the time he put him in charge of his household and of all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food that he ate. You ever had a boss like that? Didn't concern himself with anything except the food that he ate? I have. Anyways, here's one of the things that I notice about Joseph here. Is that Joseph's got unbelievable blessing on his life right now. Is that God's blessing him. It says God's blessing everything that he touches. That everything that he touches prospers. But who gets the credit? Who gets the credit when everything that Joseph touches prospers? It says the blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. See, I think a lot of times when we're being developed, God still wants us to give it everything we've got, even if the credit is going to somewhere else. That's not human nature, because we want the credit. We We want the attaboy. We want to be told how good of a job that we're doing. We want people to know that I've got a table in my house, and I've just built a second one, even more beautiful than the last. And, uh, and, and since we moved here, when we moved here, I built this dining room table in my house. And every time, and I have people over to my house every single week, and every single time I have somebody over, I, let, I make sure 
to let them know that I built that table. Like, hey, you enjoying your dinner? It's brought to you by this table that I built. Because I want to hear them say that it's a great table. I want them to give me a compliment. I want them to say, man, you are a master craftsman. And I want to cross my arms and say, you're right. I am a master craftsman. Behold. my." And this is how we are as humans. When we work hard on something, we want to receive the credit for that something. But what God wants you to learn in the developing, in the developing season is that it's not about you. Is that your purpose is not about you. And the things that I want you to do in this life are not about you. And you, you, the, the credit and all the glory and all the honor isn't for you, it's for me. And Joseph is learning that in this season because all the credit and all the glory and all the honor for everything that he's doing is going to Potiphar. But what we can learn from Joseph is that even though that was the truth, and even though Potiphar got all the glory and all the honor and all the credit for Joseph's work, it did not change the amount of work Joseph put into it. He was being developed to lead by learning to serve. He was letting all the credit and all the glory and all the honor land on somebody else so that he could become closer to who he was made to be. I think how many of us, how many of us have been in a place where all of our hard work landed on somebody else? And we've got to learn how to find satisfaction in it, how to question it. So if you're in the developing process, there's a few things that I want to give you to, to help you get to the next step that we can learn from Joseph. Here's the, here's, the, here's the bottom line. You are where you are right now because that's where you're currently equipped to be. The place that you find yourself in this season is right where you need to be. And if you want to move into the next the next phase, the next step in the process, you've got to lean into it and allow yourself to grow and be developed. First thing I want to share with you is this, and it's just simply that before we, we learn to lead, we need to learn to serve. Now, let me clarify this one. Leadership is influence. And no matter who you are, you have influence and you're called to have influence. And your potential your purpose is leading you, pushing you towards leadership. Now, maybe you're thinking, but pastor, that's not who I am. I'm not supposed to be a leader. I'm not, I'm not, I don't like leading people. I don't like being in, in crowds or in groups. Don't butt pastor me. I am not a butt pastor. That's the worst joke you'll hear all day. I did that one in the first service, and Robbie just got mad about it because he knew I would do it in the second when people laughed. <laughs> Y'all pray for him. Anyways. See, I believe Jesus has called every single person to fulfill one purpose in your unique, perfect-for-you way. One, I think that every person in humanity, really, really it comes down to one purpose that we've all got. But you, you've got it in a different way than the person next to you. So your gifts, your design, your calling, your, your, everything about you is going to be perfect for the way God's created you to do this one thing. But he still only created you to do one thing. And it's to glorify God and serve others. And when you're doing those things, it's very, Jesus put it together in, two, in a two-word sentence. He said, make disciples. Make disciples. That was his last command to his people. He's getting ready to go up to heaven. And he just reveals everybody's purpose to him right, right there before he goes. He said, make disciples. Teach people how to live and love like me. That's it. 
and everything in you is going to play in to how you can accomplish that. And you're going to do it just the way you should do it. And it's going to bring you peace and satisfaction and joy. It's going to make you feel like, oh, this is the more that I've been looking for in this life. But if you're going to make disciples, you're going to have to influence somebody, which means you're going to have to lead them. Every single person is called to lead somebody else. It's God's design for us. It's the way that we're made. But before you can lead, you have to learn to serve. Before we can lead somebody, before we can influence somebody to become more like Jesus, we have to become more like Jesus. And we do that by learning to serve. Matthew chapter 20, verses 25 through 28. This is a great response Jesus has because his disciples they're walking along the road and Jesus is walking up ahead of them a little ways and the disciples are arguing about who's who's going to have a position of prompt they still think Jesus is going to set up a literal kingdom that he's going to overthrow the Roman government and it's going to be a literal kingdom on earth and that's what they that's what they've convinced they, they believed that all the way up until the moment Jesus was crucified and they're like well we didn't expect that and that's what they thought about Jesus. And so they're arguing over who's going to have like the best job in the new kingdom. One guy's like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to be like the right-hand man, right next to Jesus, real authority, real power. And Jesus overhears it, and he turns around and he says, it says, Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their high officials exercise authority over them? And they're like, yes, Jesus, we know. That's <laughs> funny you should say that. We were just talking about that. And and what kind of cool jobs we would have to lord over people. But then Jesus says, not so with you. And they're like, uh-oh, we're getting told. Jesus says, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man, that's Jesus, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Before we can learn to lead somebody, we've got to learn how to serve everybody. Which means we're going to have to learn that it's not about us. That it's not about me. That it's, it's, not, it's not about me getting the glory. It's not about me getting the credit. It's not about me getting the honor. And it, it's not glamorous to get the credit for somebody else. But I've never met a tremendous man of God who did not spend a significant portion of his early years making somebody else look better. It's what we're made to do, and this is part of the process to get us there. And when we do this, it really makes us examine and develop our why. Are we doing this to be known, or are we doing it because we're good at it, we're gifted in it, and we love doing it? For Joseph, he needed to dash his pride before he was going to be able to lead, and that's true for so many of us. Second thing is this. In developing your potential, it's going to take time. It takes time. It takes time to make a thing go right. It takes time to make it out of sight. That's from a song, if you didn't get it. You can Google it. It's worth noting that in Joseph's life, it took 11 years for the full measure of the potential God placed in him to be accomplished. 11 years. And his story still has a long ways to go. We've got a lot to cover next week. Eleven years seems like a long time. Not every leader around Joseph took that long to reach their potential. I bet he noticed that. I bet Joseph noticed that there were guys his age that while he was a slave, they were responsible for slaves. I bet he thought about his brothers at home 
and the potential and the, and the responsibility that they must have had by this age. Many of us think that if this potential is from God, it must come quickly. And sometimes this is the case, but not normally. Normally, God allows good things to develop slowly. Human children have one of the longest development times, both in the womb and in childhood, compared to other animals. It takes many years for an acorn to become an oak tree, while a squash might grow almost overnight. And oak trees are awesome, awesome, and squash stinks, okay? Nobody likes it. It's just like a filler on the plate. In the brewing process of the milling of the barley, the crushing is only the beginning of the process for that barley. It's just the beginning. And it has to be crafted and developed by the brewer into the mash. And it's different, this process, for every beer. Sometimes it takes a couple weeks. Sometimes it takes a couple months. But it always takes time. But the amount of time that it takes is different for every single person. So you will not have the same process as somebody else. Don't try to run your race at somebody else's pace. And that's hard to swallow, isn't it? Because we look to our left and to our right, and somebody our age or in our same position already has all the things that we want. The position, the authority, the job, the house, the wife, the kids, all of it. And here we're just still waiting. But listen, comparison is a trap that will distract you from the process. If your process is harder than somebody else's, if it takes longer, don't envy their process. Because you're not supposed to end up as them. You're supposed to end up as you. Your process is perfect for who you're meant to become. And don't worry about what's happening to your right or to your left. Keep your eyes fixated on the cross. Keep your eyes forward on who Jesus is leading you to be. Don't think about their process because that's their process. Your process is perfect for your potential. Proverbs 16.9 is the verse that says, In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. You're going to be developed into exactly what you were meant to be. In the lottery, the, the barley is stripped away to reveal the work. And maybe you feel like you've had a lot of you stripped away. Maybe you've just come out of a season of milling, and you feel you've been crushed, and you feel you've been filtered, and you can see how you've changed and say, I've changed for the better. But the wort is still not the beer. It needs more time. It just needs to sit for a while. It just needs, it needs to be boiled a little bit more. It needs more process. We're a culture that's obsessed with instant gratification. And it's time for us to learn how to slow down. It's time for us to learn how to learn in the moment that we're in and to trust the process. Last thing is this, earn it. Wherever you are, what you see ahead of you, the potential that you've got, the place that you feel God's leading you, the way that you're, you're created to serve, all of it, earn it. Don't ask for it to come easy. Don't ask for it to come too, too quickly, too soon. You don't want to get there before you're supposed to be there. Trust me. Take time. Trust the process. Earn it. If you're constantly thinking about where you want to be and having a hard time being satisfied with where you're at, I'd encourage you to do a couple of things. First, clarify your goals. Think about, think about the potential that you can identify in yourself. You know, if you go through the growth track, we do our best to lead you to understand your design because we believe your design reveals your destiny. 
And so we do our best to help you to understand all the ways that you're made and show you kind of your raw gifts and give you a raw picture of your purpose. But I always tell people, you're not going to discover and develop your purpose in a three-week course. It doesn't work that way. This is just to help you understand what you're working towards. When you get out there in the dream team and you start serving people and you start to get around others that are doing the same thing and you start to see it a little bit, you'll have a better picture of what it's going to look like for you. And then you just press in. You keep doing more. You keep being developed. You keep growing. You keep believing that God's got more for you. You keep believing that He's leading you somewhere new and it's going to glorify Him more and it's going to do more for Him. But you got to clarify your goals. You've got to say, I see that I'm going here. Here's what it looks like. Here's some things I can be doing right now to get there. You've got to take some ownership over your development. Don't just wait for God to develop you. You notice in Joseph's story that he didn't just go with the flow. Joseph landed in a position of slavery, but worked so hard that he got prominence in that position. And he gave it everything that he got continually so that he kept being given more and more responsibility. It didn't happen by him just waiting for him to be developed. He had to take some action in it. Clarify your goals and then capture your moment. Take this opportunity to learn everything that you can from it. I realized that in the Coast Guard, I was learning how to be what I needed to be. I I decided that if I was going to be in that place and called to ministry, that was going to be my place of ministry. I was vulnerable with the guys that I worked with. I became their pastor. Most of them would have never stepped their, their feet in a church, but they were willing to come to me when their life started to fall apart because I'd allowed Jesus to reflect through my life to them. I allowed my calling to happen even in the place of my development. And I got to tell you that over time, that, that just kind of filled me up. I missed that season of ministry. Even when I went to get out of the Coast Guard, I thought, I'm not done being developed. And so I stayed in for another three years and went to another job where I could do more of that and work at a church and learn from guys over there. I just, I just said, God, I'm just not ready yet. I just want you to, I just want to be in this moment. I want you to develop me. I want you to take, take everything that's raw in me and turn it into something good for you. Strip away the things I don't need and, and make stronger the things that you put there for my purpose. Capture your moment and then cultivate your potential. I want you to know that I don't feel that even here today, like I, I don't, starting a church at one point in my life felt like it was the goal, like it was the potential, like it was the purpose, like it was the end game. Like if I could just get us to this place that I would just be living in my purpose, satisfied forever. And I want you to know that wasn't even true. Like now I'm looking ahead and I'm saying, what's God want to do with this city? What's God going to do in this city through this church? And I'm excited when I think about that. I can see the future. I just think that that this city's culture is going to change because of the influence of the people in this church. I think that I think that we're gonna we're gonna turn this from being a city where it's it's described as a cesspool of sin to being a holy hot tub. I'm just telling you, I think there's great things ahead for the city of Asheville, and I'm excited about that, and I want to be there. You know, I get this I get this dream in my heart, and I just want to be there today. But what God's teaching me is that I'm not there today because I need to be in the season I'm in right now because He's still developing me for it. He's getting me ready. I'm learning new things. Things are being stripped away. 
I'm being, I'm being shaped into somebody else to lead in that place. I want to encourage you this morning, wherever you are, it doesn't matter how far you've come, how many dreams you've come through, if you've ever come to one at all, how long you've been in the season of waiting, how difficult things have been, who's getting all the credit, all the glory, all the honor right now, it doesn't matter. God's got more for your life, and you've got to trust Him, and you've got to lean in, and you've got to let Him develop you for the potential that He placed in you we can trust him he's the one that's got this potential in us he's the one that's going to get the glory for our purpose he's the one that's going to get all the honor when we're living the way he's made us to live we've got to trust that the process will determine the outcome we got to let ourselves be developed even when it's hard to be developed even when it doesn't go the way we wanted it to go even when it doesn't happen in the routine in the in the in the plan that we made we've got to trust that god has a better plan in it that he wants to do something bigger in us and we've got to let him develop us the development is hard because the development is work but it takes work to reach our potential but it's all a part of the process let's let's decide today to embrace the process Let's believe that God is going to do more in us than we ever asked or imagined. And let's believe that we can start right now, right where we are. In the development, you'll begin to glimpse your potential. One of my very favorite things that I get to do in ministry is see people understand their potential for the first time. See people discover their purpose for the first time. I love that step two in growth tracks next week and we kind of walk people through their gifts a little bit and we we give them like these assessments to kind of understand their personality a little bit more and even understand their spiritual gifts a little bit more and i love sometimes you get in that class and you see like a spark light in somebody's eyes you see them start to see oh man what what's in me that's always been in me it, it connects to how god's created me and how he wants to use me. And you see this sparkle. They, get a, they just get a little glimpse of their potential. And passion is developed when we get a glimpse of our potential. And I love to see people catch that passion. Because they're going to need it if they get into this development process. And you've got the hard work ahead of you. You need the passion that comes from it. And I'm just telling you, right now, this morning, God's got a plan for you. He's got a dream for you. He's got a purpose for you. And then right now, you can start developing it. You can start living in it. You can start growing in it. And you can trust that there's more on the other side of it. Let's pray together this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for who you are. For the way that you've made us, God. For the way that you've crafted us. And the way that you've designed us, God. I thank you for the gifts that you placed inside of us, Lord. For the, for the way that you've made us to serve, God. And do it in our own way. God, I just ask that today, if we're in the development, that Lord, you just... Give us the strength to lean into it. Father, teach us humility in this season. Help us to learn to be okay with giving the credit away. Help us to start to understand that it's not about us. It never was. It's not, it's not supposed to make us great, Lord. That we're supposed to make you great. Father, I just ask that you would shape us in this season. Grow us. Get us more and more ready for who we're meant to be. We love you. We honor you. We praise your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you stand up with me this morning?
you know, um, they didn't get this in the first service, so you guys are lucky. But I was thinking more and more about this message and, and, and this idea, you know, looking at Joseph and, and talking about getting closer to our potential and, and to our purpose and all the ways that we do that. And there's a lot of practical things that we have to learn in order to reach our, our purpose and our potential, like humility and character and integrity. And all these things are very important. And, honest, and you can't get to where you're going if you aren't developing those things. But I left something out when I was writing down my notes. See, I believe if you are going to get to where God's called you and created you to be, that one of the most, if the most important thing that you develop is your closeness with God. Your closeness with God. How close you feel to Him. The way that you rely on Him. The way that you understand Him. Like if you really want to live in your purpose, your purpose is in Him. Your purpose is in your Father. It glorifies Him. It lifts Him up. And I, I, uh, I, I, had, I had a conversation with a friend recently and I was explaining that I, I felt like their purpose, the reason they were created was to worship and was to glorify God. And they said, well, that's not what I want to do. You know what? Well, I want to do things that, that make me feel satisfied. And I said, well, a table doesn't get to decide whether or not it wants to be a table. You know, you just are who you are. You're made to do what you're made to do. And when you do those things, when you're living in the way God made you to live, you're going to find satisfaction. Everybody's looking forward. Everybody's looking for it. That's where it is. And so I want to encourage you to develop your closeness with God, to push closer to Him, to invite Him into your life more, to speak with Him more, to worship Him more, to learn what worship is more, to talk to, talk to Him more, to study His Word. In this season, if you find yourself in the development season, develop the relationship you have with Him if you want to become who He's created you to be.